the choice to spread love in a world full of pain. The generation willing to be a light in darkness. The selfless desire to serve humanity. The purpose fueled with passion to make a difference. This is Madcasters, the ultimate guide you need to impact the world. What's going on, everyone? This is your host, Brian St. Louis, and I'm here to connect you to impact leaders across the globe who strive to make a difference in their communities and the world. As you listen to these gripping stories and endeavors from inspirational people and organizations, you will gain the confidence to implement strategies to make a difference not only in your personal life, but to impact humanity around you. Please subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram. Support through Patreon. Together, let's make a difference and change the world. going on everyone this is your host brian st louis and with me i have the ceo of tat global seti coscarella and we're so excited to have you and i'm actually really interested in getting this conversation going with you today seti thank you so much for coming on to the madcasters podcast my pleasure brian thank you for having me absolutely well why don't we get into this seti why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and the concept behind having created tech global and what it is exactly as well for our listeners sure thing so a uh, bit of background on me uh i've been involved in a number of different sort of business verticals throughout my career uh started in capital markets in investment banking from there went on to private equity uh, spent quite a bit of time working on green energy products of, uh, projects of all things. Mm. Uh, from there, I got into live events. So I started my own company, uh, ran that for a number of years and sold it. And then found myself working at Philip Morris. You know, as a former okay. smoker, I always thought it was a, an interesting industry uh, to, to be a part of. So they were in the process of launching a new product called Icos, which is sort of a hybrid between a vape and a cigarette. Okay. And they were looking for sort of more innovative ways on how they might commercialize. And I guess my experience lended well to what they were looking for. So I started there, uh, was there for a number of years and, and really sort of got my, my hands dirty on really understanding what it is that smokers like about smoking, what they don't like about smoking. And what I found, you know, was really interesting in so far that the vast majority of smokers are looking for alternatives which is why you see so many of them now. Yet, when you take a look at the data, you'll have most smokers are still smoking. So I think it's about the number of smokers still outweighs the number of vapors, 20 to one. Okay. Yet 75% that's, that's of smokers number. have tried vaping. Hmm. So if everybody tried vaping, why are they still smoking? Right. If it worked. That's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> right? It's a great question. Yeah. And it's that, it's that very question that got me over the top. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because nobody was thinking about it that way. 
you had all of these companies that are so overtly or overly focused on driving these new products, yet mm -hmm. consumers are telling you what they want. And one of the other things that I found was that you'd be hard pressed to find a smoker that enjoys the fact they're addicted to anything. Mm. Right. That's real. That's real. Yeah. So whether you're smoking a cigarette or whether you got a vape or a heat not burn or any of these other products, they're entirely built on driving addiction. Mm. Right. Smoking isn't 100%. a logical thing. Like nobody wakes up one day and says, you know what, I'm going to start smoking today. And that's probably the smartest thing I'm going to do. I mean, you're 100 percent correct. Most of the time it comes from other types of pressures around the world. So, yeah, you're right. Right. And yet when you start smoking, it's this nicotine drug mm -hmm. that gets you hooked on it. Mm. So when I kind of looked at the industry, I said, all right, well, if you take tobacco and if you overlay it over alcohol, mm -hmm. everybody would be an alcoholic. 100 percent. Right. Yeah. But alcohol does just fine without having everybody be an alcoholic. Mm. Right. I'll have a beer. I'll have a glass of wine, you know, like a bourbon. I'm not an alcoholic. Right. I'll have one when I want it, if I want it. That's it. And that industry does perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And yet you have this entire tobacco industry that's almost a trillion dollars a year that with horse, horse blinders on, we only sell things that are addictive. They'll never say that in public, mm. but I mean, their actions that's, speak that's, louder. It's the truth. That's all they do. Yeah. We sell things that are addictive. In fact, mm. when I left to go to TAT, and I'll get into that in a second. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people in the industry were saying, well, why would you, how are you going to sell this product? I'm like, well, what do you mean? Well, it's not addictive. Why is anybody going to buy it? I'm like, wow. I don't know. Why does anybody buy anything? Mm. I used to use like peanut butter as an example. I like peanut butter. I finish my jar of peanut butter. I buy another jar of peanut butter. 100%. Peanut butter is not addictive. No. <laughs> but tobacco is. And yet every other product is okay being sold in a fashion that isn't addictive or without a drug that keeps you addicted, but tobacco somehow can't figure out how to do it. Hmm. All right. You guys keep doing you. I'm going to do me and I'm going to give the market something that I think is fundamentally better. And that's what TAT is. Because wow. with TAT, what we're able to do is replace tobacco and nicotine. And what we use uh, is a biomass that's predominantly made out of hemp. But the okay. cool thing is we can take that hemp and, and we built uh, IP around it. We filed for patent on it. We figured out how to make hemp taste like tobacco because that's, that's an important part of it. And the overall experience from a consumer standpoint is still the same satisfaction they would get having a cigarette mm. because CBD, see here, I'll sort of yeah, break it down, break it down. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. This is the way nicotine actually works because most people think they go out for a cigarette, they smoke, calms them down. You're fine. Smoking does not calm you down. Mm -hmm. Okay. The way it works is you have developed an addiction to nicotine. Yes. Nicotine has a half-life of 45 minutes. That's it. After an hour, you start getting jittery, antsy, angry, agitated. You go outside, you have a cigarette. Oh, calm down now. The only reason you were not calm in the first place is because you were in nicotine withdrawal. Mm. That's it. So smokers effectively are in perpetual withdrawal all day. And they're caused by themselves, in a sense. Pretty much. Wow. What we do is we get rid of the tobacco, we get rid of the nicotine, and we'll give you CBD. The mm -hmm. CBD, when applied to this, has the ability to satiate, similar to how nicotine would satiate, without causing an addiction or feeding that addiction response. So you mm -hmm. still feel calm, having had TAT, like you would 
hope that you feel after you have a cigarette, but it's not because we're keeping to feed we're, we're keep feeding your addiction. We're in fact getting you off of an addiction while still giving you the same satisfaction you would get in a cigarette. And that way, the real value proposition that we sell to consumers mm-hmm. is that we can give you the power to choose back. So mm-hmm. if you are a smoker and you switch to tat, you want to smoke, smoke. You don't want to smoke, don't smoke. But it won't be because you have a physiological dependency to a drug. It'll like be because that. you want it because you enjoy it. No different than if you want a beer, have a beer. You don't want to have a beer, don't have a beer. I like that. What what about the individuals who who will jump and say, well, are we trying to move people away completely from smoking in the first place? And and yes, so and- what... And so what is the mindset behind that into how TAT is also contributing to uh, helping people either come out or, or stay or stay in that vicinity? I'm a firm believer in people's ability to choose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Prohibition as a general strategy never works. It, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like ever. Yeah. Right. Cannabis has been illegal longer than I've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> Does nobody use it? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Right. So you can have all the government regulation you want saying this is a, this is illegal, but in general, it never works. Mm. You have to get like, you have to treat people like they're grownups. Mm. I will give you a choice. The difference with tat is that you actually have a choice because it's non addictive. When you're on cigarettes or tobacco, you don't have that choice, or at least I don't believe you do right. because you have a chemical dependency. Mm-hmm. They've created and fed an addiction. We are helping you remove that. So that way you can choose. And if you want it, have it. You don't, don't. And I think given the choice, I would choose tap if I were a smoker. Right. Well, you were a smoker before, correct? Mm-hmm. So well, how did you come out of being able to, to break away from that type of addiction yourself? Well, look, I mean, it was a pain in the ass. Basically sort of, <laughs> yeah grind your teeth through it, but it's not a comfortable thing. I mean, I think it was Keith Richards mm-hmm. who said quitting smoking for him was harder than quitting heroin. Are you serious? Wow. Wow. Nicotine's a hell of a drug. But but we make it seem as though it's some sort of, uh, I guess, normal aspect of our daily lives. So how come it's... Because it's been normalized. Jeez, man. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about yeah. it, a smoker will smoke 15 to 20 cigarettes a day. Okay. What would you call someone that drinks 15 to 20 drinks a day? Completely. Yeah, I mean, would that be problematic? Be highly problematic. <laughs> That's not even a question. Yeah. Right. Even if you look at it from the cannabis standpoint, mm-hmm. somebody smoking 15 to 20 joints a day. Is that a problem? Yeah. It's, it's terrible. You don't even know how to function at that point. So. Yeah. So, I mean, like the difference and it's funny. The, the difference with tobacco, and I think the reason it kind of gets that societal mm-hmm. pass on nicotine is that it's not an inebriant. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't preclude you from being a productive and functional member of society. Yeah. Like okay. it's like caffeine. Yeah. Right. But I guarantee you, if people were smoking coffee instead of drinking it, coffee would have the same problem tobacco does. Mm. That's real. That's real. It's it's very interesting because, you know, for for so many years, um, like you have mentioned from before, there's been so many different alternatives to tobacco, to nicotine or anything of the sort. Do these do these actually work? 
since you're saying that 70, let's say 75% of, of smokers will go to vaping, but then end up going back to nicotine. Well, what are these alternatives actually doing to the people? Does it sometimes even cause more harm into the body? Yes, I think it has the potential to. And the reason is when you smoke a cigarette, at least in today's day and age, you still go outside and you have a cigarette because you can't smoke inside. Yeah. Right. When you're on a lot of these vape products, you have this thing sticking out of your mouth all day mm-hmm. because it doesn't set off fire alarms. If you're in a room, you know, the smell will kind of dis- it doesn't smell like you smoked in that room. No. So people's consumption when they move over to these products tends to increase. Now, again, from a delivery of nicotine standpoint, it just increases your tolerance mm-hmm. and makes you more addicted. So you have a lot of smokers that think, man, I'm, I'm like, I used to smoke. So a pod, like if you take Juul as an example or any of these yeah, vapes, yeah. a pod is the equivalent of a pack of cigarettes. So you have one, somebody that one was pod? A, one pod is a pack of cigarettes. That's insane. With more nicotine. So what's the difference? Like, wh- wh- why even create that then in the first place? It, like, what was? Because well, some people thought that vaping was supposed to be the the way out of of uh, smoking cigarettes. So to me, that's even worse. Wow. And if you think about it, the vast majority of people, and this is why the vape industry is in such well hot water now. Mm-hmm. The vape industry did a better job of attracting people who never smoked in the first place wow. than actually converting smokers who were already smoking. Wow. So they effectively created a new problem as opposed to solving the existing one. And now if you take a look at the FDA, mm-hmm. all of these vape companies had to submit uh, uh, for the FDA approval. We're not subject to the FDA because of the way that we're sort of uh, structured. Mm-hmm. But these vape companies, because there was this youth vaping epidemic. Yes. I'm a, yeah. I'm, yeah. Right. You can't tell me somebody who's smoking Marlboro or or, or DeMaurier or Belmont or Camel is looking for cotton candy vape. (laughs) At least not indefinitely. Yeah, fair enough. Right. So the FDA comes in and says, well, wait a minute. You're telling me you want to go after smokers. How many smokers smoke watermelon flavored cigarettes Mm. or or Red Jolly Rancher or, Mm. uh, you know, blueberry pancake? You, you think you're, you're kind of setting like, you know, child-friendly flavors here. Yeah. And, and so right? so in a sense, do we think that that whole product or, or that whole marketing scheme, that was that really, uh, was that just a guise to believe that it was for the individuals who are smokers or was this really a ploy to get younger people um, ultimately? I don't well, know. Ultimately, I, mean, I guess we, yeah, we wouldn't be able to know. Well, look, what I can tell you is uh, when Jewel was commercializing, mm-hmm. uh, they got pinched for running ads on Nickelodeon and Teletoon and doing uh, lunch and learns in junior high schools. Are you serious? I did not know that. Oh, my goodness. Sounds like they were going after adults wow. to me. <laughs> the adults who are watching the kids who are watching Nickelodeon. That's what that's what they were trying to get. Are you kidding yeah. me? They were on those channels to be able to advertise. That's a shame. Wow. And, and and even a lot of their sort of social media stuff mm-hmm. would have a lot of models that, you know, might technically have been of age, but didn't really look like it. Right, right. So 
a lot of their branding was skewed younger. For mm-hmm. us, you know, obviously we still want to be a, you know, some have some semblance of a youthful brand. 100%, but yeah. We really try to make sure that our ads are targeted to people a who are smokers or at least of age. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it on every interview: like, if you don't smoke, don't start. If you mm-hmm. do smoke, you should probably quit. And if you can't quit, then try tat. I res- okay. I really respect that. I respect the way that you that you think with this mindset because um, some people might even say to themselves, well, this might be a good way for me to just smoke and, and just enjoy people like company or whatever the case may be, and just get into this without it being an addictive or harmful uh, product for me. But the mere fact that you as a CEO and founder of this whole company of Tad is willing to say, don't even get into this product unless you have to, that, that helps me to understand the mindset and the the belief system that you have through this. So I I really respect that. I must say for sure. And Brian, I mean, when you take a look at the market, right? Yeah. There's almost a billion and a half smokers in the world. That's a lot, man. I don't need to find new ones. Yeah, fair (laughs) Fair enough, man. There's lots. (laughs) That's true. You're right. You're right. There's a lot of them out there. So there's no reason to to come at them for at those who. It's a lot harder to get somebody to start smoking. I'd rather just switch the ones that do. I mean, even from a, you know, ease the market standpoint. Mm -hmm. And this is why, like, we really created this product to help try to solve a problem, not create a new one. Mm. And there's lots of problems to solve. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, and so tell me, like, where is Tat at the moment when it comes to this, uh, its its branding or its or its uh, its grandeur throughout the world or possibly throughout more North America right now? How how well known is Tat Global comparatively to let's say other companies like Marlboro in a sense? Well, look, I mean, Marlboro's been around for, oh, for sure. a fair, long, fair, long, fair. long time. <laughs> Yeah, I I wouldn't put myself on that pedestal yet as much as I'd love to. Um, So I appreciate that. Someday soon. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I would say, look, we launched in market last year. So December, just before Christmas last year, we launched. Okay. Okay. So you're fairly new. Okay. We're we're still new. Uh, We're in like seven or eight states now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've already started getting orders from overseas. So we landed a, a, a huge deal in the UK and Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also landed another distribution deal for Australia. Uh, we're in active discussions for various other markets across Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also looking at you know potential opportunities in Central and South America. So I think we've done a tremendous job of helping to communicate what the idea of this product is. And I think now we're at the point where you know, a lot of these sort of distributors and, and wholesalers and, and brick and mortar retailers are saying, you know what, I like this concept. Can I try it? Mm. So we'll send them samples. And then like, wow, I actually really like the, you're right. This product does exactly what you said it would do. Yeah. Yeah. So can we carry it? Okay. And then you start working out those kind of deals. And that's really where we are now. And I got to say, you know, when I started, I figured, okay, first year, if we can get into a couple of states in the U.S., I'd say that's a you know solid growth and a good win. The fact that we're in you know the number of states that we're in, and when we're already getting you know bona fide orders and interest from you know various countries around the world, mm-hmm. this fast. So that's a good look. A good sign. I, I think we 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 struck the right chord, mm-hmm. and I, where I think we did well is define the target segment we're going after. 
because mm. everybody can understand. We sell a product that's an alternative for smokers. Mm. Do you know smokers? A billion and a half of them. If you own a convenience store, you, know smokers, you basically right? need two things to have a convenience store succeed. Smoking and lottery. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's real. So I think we got, you know, the right product that can help service the right consumer um, that can really deliver a value proposition that I don't think any other product in this category can. Mm. No patch, no, no, nothing like that could do. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, the more and more even, um, cause I'm, I'm looking at a, a bit of more as to what you're doing as well online through, through your, through your website and the more and more I'm seeing what this could truly become is, is actually is revolutionary in, in that respect. And so I, I really want to see how that's going to continue to impact the way that individuals are able to move forward with their life. I mean, uh, the word that I'm hearing here, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, but the word that I'm hearing is, is freedom. You know, people are actually going to be able to finally get the freedom that they need to, to distance themselves from something that is so... Uh, addictive and has been so inhibiting for so many years to individuals and families and and uh and then yeah we're, we're you know what man i must say even I'm, I'm not a smoker i don't i don't help uh to push that agenda in any way shape or form but knowing and seeing what you're doing i'm loving the fact that tag global is really just is, is impacting in such a greater global stance and so really I'm, I'm really here to help to to continue to push this message to actually love what you're doing with this how are you no, feeling I yeah go ahead that. go ahead yeah no no listen I, I i really do appreciate that and i think you hit the nail right on the head and one of the taglines we've actually used is this is what freedom tastes like mm, i like that hey <laughs> i like that this is what freedom tastes like i like that that's cool that's cool man and I think that, that helps really communicate succinctly mm -hmm. what smokers can get if they try and switch the tap. Mm. Yeah, this is this is good. This is good. Well, how are you feeling right now when it comes to uh, I mean, I know you're feeling pretty good about the company's uh, growth in the past year and everything of the sort. But how are you feeling like personally as the CEO and founder of this, seeing the fact that things are able to go into a specific way. It might be growing even bigger in the next five, 10 years. What, what are you, what are you feeling? And how, where do you want to see this truly become ultimately? Would you want like to I'm see this replace all types of cigarettes as well? Or. Well, first of all, I'm feeling pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm really proud of the team and what, you know, collectively we've been able to achieve in a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, now, where I see this going, I don't see why there isn't a smoker on earth that wouldn't give this a shot mm. if they had it available to them. Mm. So the exercise for us is to try to make it as available as possible to every smoker in every corner of the world. Mm. And I think if we do that, you know, the, the market itself is a trillion dollars a year. Yeah. So even from a company standpoint, the number I usually work off of is half of 1%. So we okay. can get half of 1%. That's one out of 200 smokers. So 199 of them don't like it. One of them likes it. You got a trillion dollar a year market cap, or sorry, a trillion dollars a year. That's $50 billion a year. Mm -hmm. 
Jesus. Oh, sorry, $5 billion a year in sales. Like, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so, question then, um, how much does it cost to, if you're able to answer that kind of question, but sorry, I'm in the VC space uh, as well, but how much does it cost to produce this and how much are you looking to put it out on the market for? So whatever market we go into, we typically want to be cheaper than the leading cigarettes, the leading okay. brand cigarettes in those markets. Okay. Okay. I like we want to be able to, again, really focus on providing the consumer mm -hmm. with the most value we can. And that comes in how much they have to pay for it. Because mm -hmm. I don't think that this product, like, I don't think we should be charging a premium to give smokers a better version of what they're using. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, okay. and that's why I asked that question. I don't care what, what brand of cigarettes you smoke, you can afford tap. Mm, that's perfect. Okay. That's perfect. And, and when it comes to what it costs us to make, because of the way that the company, uh, the, the products that the company makes, we're not typically subject to the same taxation and regulations that tobacco is subject to. Mm. And therefore, we can pass those savings on to the consumer and still make similar margins to what a big tobacco company would make selling cigarettes. Okay. So yeah. I think overall, we're very well positioned um, to really give smokers and, and, and provide them that value that they wouldn't otherwise be able to get. What would be the barrier for anyone to not want to try tap instead of their typical smoking? Is it Would it just be their own inherent desire to just continue to smoke in that sense? I think a lot of it would just be driven by, I don't know it exists yet, so I'm not really looking okay. for it. And, um, well, I don't know whether I'm going to like the taste. And okay. that's why we also have a program that for smokers, they can either go online at tritat.com mm -hmm. or we're going to be running, uh, now that things are starting to open up a little bit, especially in the US, we'll be running programs where we'll go and, and find people where they are smoking. Mm -hmm. And actually hand them a sample pack. A sample pack. That's awesome. Okay. Just try it. Yeah. Right? If you like it, amazing. Oh, if you don't yeah. like it, that's okay. But at least you tried it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm willing to give any smoker their first pack for free. That's how much I believe in the product. That's great, man. Are you going to do like focus groups and groups as well and, and just kind of... We have. Oh, you have? So we've, okay. we've run... Yeah, we've run focus groups <clears throat> where... Um, you know, we, we've actually sent cartons to smokers, hundreds of them, uh, where they would use it instead of cigarettes for about a week. Mm. And we found that, you know, over 70% said they would absolutely buy this product. I mean, yeah, that's, those are high numbers. And very, very, like yeah. they're higher than I would have thought. Yeah. That's... Because again, they like, the, they like the concept, they like the idea. And then when they try it, you're almost predisposed to want to like it because mm -hmm. the value proposition is so compelling compared to buying a pack of cigarettes, why wouldn't I at least give this a shot? I've already tried vape. I already yeah. tried, you know, all of these other products. Well, what's it to why you to not? try something yeah, that's actually cheaper it. than any of these other products you would buy? Cheaper and healthier, ultimately. Yeah. So from that standpoint, I can't see why a smoker wouldn't at least give it a shot. Can't guarantee they're going to like it. Mm -hmm. Because again, they, there's all these nuances, right? I mean, people... There's not a huge difference between, say, Marlboro and Camel. No. Why does Marlboro sell more than any other cigarette? Well, it's a lot of it has to do with branding, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people who smoke Camel smoke Camel because they don't want to smoke Marlboro. 
Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of these, uh, yeah, these yeah. sort of interesting nuances in the category. But I think when you strip aside sort of that legacy branding, mm-hmm. because then you're not really competing on, do you like this logo? Do you like that logo? You're really competing on value. Mm-hmm. Do you like what this can deliver versus, and, and basically batch every other cigarette into the same category? Mm-hmm. They're all, they all kind of taste reasonably the same. Sure. And they're all going to give you nicotine just different color on the pack. Mm-hmm. Or you could try a tat, which doesn't have tobacco, doesn't have nicotine, but will not get you addicted because CBD isn't addictive, yeah. but still satisfying the same way. And it's cheaper. What are you going to you tell me? You're not going to at least try it. Mm. And so, and this might be a, I guess a weird question, but mm. let me know what you, what you think about this. What, what would some people say, the difference between um, like tat and marijuana would be then in that sense. So <clears throat> with tat, we, uh, we use a biomass that's predominantly made out of hemp. Okay. That's okay. right. Hemp doesn't have THC or very, very Perfect. small content. It's not psychoactive. Okay. So in order for hemp to be legal in the U S federally, mm-hmm. it has to have below 0.3% THC. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's very low. Okay. Yeah, so we're well below that with all of our product. Um, When you're looking at marijuana or cannabis, Mm -hmm. that product is intended to give you a psychoactive effect. So if you kind of take a look at the two, because initially a lot of people thought cannabis was going to compete with tobacco, Mm -hmm. but THC doesn't compete with nicotine. THC competes with alcohol, Mm. right? Because of the effects that it does to the body. Because of the effects that it has. Okay. Right? So we use the biomass of hemp with CBD that in my mind does have the ability to compete with nicotine mm-hmm. and deliver that sort of calming satisfaction, you know, sure. what a smoker is otherwise looking for. A smoker is yeah. not looking to have a cigarette and be inebriated. Mm-hmm. You're looking to function. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah, you're going to go for a smoke break at work. So got to go back to work. Yeah. You're going to have yeah. a smoke when you're driving your car. Yeah. Don't drive your car under the influence. <laughs> Not even a joke. I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, I mean, do that. yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the products are designed to fulfill different sort of elements and moments of your life. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, Seti, I really appreciate the time that, you're, that you've given with us today. And, I mean, looking at what you've created and what your team has created, I, I really, once again, I believe it's going to be revolutionary. Question I like to ask a lot of my guests when it comes to the aspect of impact, uh, how do you want to be known? And what mark do you want to be left with when you, when it's that time to leave? But well, how do you want to know that you have impacted this world in this specific way? What would that be? I want to be known as the guy who actually gave a billion and a half people a viable shot to not be addicted to smoking. Mm. A guy that actually came into Charlie to solve the problem as opposed to contribute to it. Mm. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. And, and and I really believe you're going to be able to make that happen. Um, just so, just off of how I, I see you today, uh, just off of what Tad Global has already done in the, in one year and uh, man, the sky, the sky is not the limit. I think, I think it's going to continue to break through the ceiling, man. So, so keep doing Look, man, I, work. We built this as a moonshot and I think there we're going to go. try to Take, hit that moon, man. Hit the moon. Why not, man? Hit the moon. I, I love that. I love that. Anything you want to leave with us uh, in this episode, just 
That's what a listener. Well, look, I mean, if, if anybody wants to learn more about TAT and what it is that we do, from a company standpoint, you can go to tatglobal.com mm-hmm. or you can follow us at TAT Global. If you'd like to learn more about the product, uh, even get yourself a free pack if you're within the US, you can go to tritat.com and follow us at tritat across all the socials. Awesome. Thank you so much, Seti Cuscarella. Really appreciated you being on this show. And we highlight individuals who are actively making an impact in our world, a positive impact in the world. And so we definitely thank you for taking the time to show us how you're impacting and changing the world around us. Brian, it's been a ton of fun. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. You have a wonderful day. Awesome. You too. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Madcasters with your host, Brian St. Louis. Please remember, do what you are called to bring into this world. Someone's life depends on your willingness to obey your calling. You are special and you have something positive to bring to this world that no one else can. Every Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Time, a new episode will be ready for you to listen and grow from. Be sure to subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram at Madcasters. Support the podcast through patreon.com backslash Madcasters. Because together, we can make the difference in order to change the world.